why I'm not around at the moment. So I have to do 16 hours. My wife and I have to do 16 hours in a different church. And it's good. It just helps us to see what the body of Christ, what the church looks like in, in its, all of its diversity. And I've, I've actually quite enjoyed it. I've been in different contexts. As you know, I, I grew up quite in, in a, a very Latin American kind of church context. I'm now, this is my family, this is my home with, in City Temple. But I also got an opportunity to be with some of the Reformed and some of the Baptist churches. And it's, it's obviously a different context for us, but it's been a blessing. So I'm really, um, we've been there. And so we've got a few more hours still to do with them. And that's why you probably won't see us every Sunday just for this uh, short period. But then you'll see us again. And just recently, we were in Pennsylvania in a place called Ephrata with Pastor Rod for the annual Harvest Net International Conference. And so for us, this was also new. Maybe some of you uh, remember Wayne Kaufman, the prophet, and other, uh, I think other people like J.C. Alzamora, who've been here in City Temple. So we got to see part of the network. And uh, as City Temple, we're part of what they're doing. And it was really great just to hear the testimonies, hear what the body of Christ internationally now does, what is not just happening in, in some of the majority uh, uh, world, and also what's happening in some of the very difficult persecutive parts. One of the testimonies that for me stood out was uh, our friends in India and how they um, are coming to a point where it may be almost impossible for them to travel to, to as missionaries, as pastors, as the laws and the government is coming very strong against them being able to preach the gospel. And I don't know how many of you uh, on social media, whether it's Facebook or um, uh, Twitter or, or any other platform, you sometimes see those videos of persecution, maybe where you see people beating up or hitting a, a certain religious group, whether they're Christians and stuff. And the actual pastor from India said to us, it's not good when we as Christians share those videos. And we, he was explaining that some of those videos where you're seeing um, maybe a Christian group being persecuted are actually being filmed by other Muslims or Hindus or other religions that are persecuting these Christians. And, that, and he said, the purpose of, of them filming it is to create more fear for people not to become Christians. So he recommended us in the West to stop sharing those videos, to stop promoting those videos, to use them more as a point of prayer, more of a point of us when we get them to, to pray. And not, and not to get into arguments with other people, say, oh, why are you sharing those videos? Don't you know? We, but, a little bit of education here for us. So when you see those things on Facebook, I know I've seen them and sometimes it's, it's kind of shocking, but not to use them as a, a way of sharing out because it, what it does is create actually more fear in some people. And so they preferred it that we prayed about it and that we put in intercession and that we come together as a church to minister those things. So it was really good to be out there and just really great to hear what God is doing. Also the, the growth, the planting, the passion for, for winning the loss, the gifts of the Spirit that they're, they're growing in, and the desire. Everyone is really praying for Europe and England and the nations and asking God, let, we want to see an outpouring, a revival. And so that was very encouraging to be out there. And um, we, we had a, it was a special time for us. I want today to, uh, uh, for us to open our Bibles in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. My, my wife and I got an opportunity to be at some of the churches out there, and um, she's become quite a popular speaker, so people are asking for her to preach, which is so cool. I, I pick up the offering, which is... <laughs> no, obviously, she, she, she's blessed and everything, but it, it's great. It's just encouraging. We, we saw people get healed, which is another great thing that we are always encouraged and, and blessed by. And um, 
So in Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to be looking at, and the message today is walking with God. In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 onwards, it says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful, who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants, as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. I also want us to look at Isaiah chapter 56. Reading from verses 1 to 8. Thus says the Lord, Keep justice and do righteousness, for soon my salvation will come, and my righteousness be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this, and the son of man who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath, not profaning it, and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, the Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast to my covenant. I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than the sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name and shall not be cut off. And foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord, and to be his servants. Everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples or for all nations." The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel declares, I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. Let us bow our heads as we ask the Lord to minister and speak the word to us. Father, we come in the name of Jesus this morning. And we're grateful, Lord, that your word transforms, renews, strengthens us, takes away arguments and produces a faith, Lord, that we could walk and grow and become mature in Christ, Lord. We're grateful for what you're doing in this place, Lord. And we ask that you continue to strengthen us as a, as a community, as a family, and to build us up to do what you've called us to do here in the city of London and to the nations. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I was um, looking at this text and thinking a bit about the news that we've been listening to, uh, maybe more what's been happening internationally. We've just seen the Brexit We've also been seeing what's been happening in the United States with the, change, uh, with the changes that are happening and the difficulties. And I noticed something uh, about sometimes how the fear people had of immigrants or the fear of the refugee, the asylum seekers. And I just, uh, it was one of the studies that I had to do in, in, um, in our university. And I just thought, okay, God, what, you know, how important is for us as the church 
to show love and to speak into these times of fear, faith, and hope. And then I just, as I meditate and I'm just realizing how God used so many men and women who were called from one nation into another nation. Even when you look at Joseph, he originally part of the people of God, yet God takes him out of his family and places him inside of Egypt to bless a nation and even to be in a place of authority, of, of government, and to bring transformation. He wasn't uh, a, um, a person born of Egypt. He wasn't an Egyptian, but yet as a foreigner, as an immigrant, he was there to bless that nation. I think about oh, Moses as well. Again, an, a, a, even though maybe a little bit within the nation, but yet he was still of a, another people group and, a, and considered a slave, but yet God raised him up, put him in the palace, and also used him to bring transformation and, and to take his people out. I think of Esther in Persia, a woman, again, who wasn't part of that Persian culture or empire, but yet God places her in a high place of authority and through prayer and fasting sees a transformation as well. And I think of Daniel. He's probably one of the ones I, I most enjoy because I, I see that kind of prophetic passion and a young man who goes into another nation and God kind of puts him right next to these great men, pagans, immoral, and all the things you could probably say sinful, but yet God uses him there, dressed maybe even in the same way as a Babylonian, but yet a man of integrity, a man of prayer, a man who's passionate for God, and he speaks into the place, and, and we get these prophecies and visions that even speak to our generation. So how God sometimes would take us out of a place or take a people group out of a place and use them in another place to glorify himself. So it made me think a lot about how we, we also could learn from these men and these women and how we are to also see how God is using these people who are coming from different parts of the world and say, Lord, you know, we celebrate that here. And we're, we're actually one of the churches in, in London that are very multicultural. We have people from all, all parts of the continents, Asia, Africa, the Americas, Europe. We have, we're really a very diverse community here. And that's wonderful because one of the things that really is going to kind of set that outpouring. It's really going to be necessary to see the healing and the transformation in a nation. One of the first things that needs to be healed is the, the, the hearts of families. When the hearts of families are changed, then the hearts of individuals are changed, then communities can change. And when communities can change, then cities can change. And, I, and, I, and that's so important because here, right at the doorstep of City Temple, right here at the doorstep of our church, is, is all the nations. You could see all the, the flavors and all the colors and all the musics and all the, all the different uh, ways that God has created our, 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 this beautiful humanity. This beautiful, and yet we, we get this opportunity here to share and pray for Him and say, Lord, use us. When, when I was looking at, at, at the scripture here in, in Hebrews, we see Abraham, and he was obviously a nomad, someone who God took out from his family from a certain part, we believe, in history that he came out of the area of maybe Iraq, uh, that kind of area, and that he was called by God to walk with him and to come. The first thing that we look is that walking with God is a walk of faith. And I like this about Abraham. He just has a message from God, and he has this encounter. And through this encounter, he begins to want to, to, to step out and not remain where he's, he's always been, the security, the known, you know, I'm part of this family, this household, I'm going to stay here, this is my nation. No, he just stepped out, he's listening to the voice of God, and he walks out, and he follows what God has told him to do. He has this encounter, 
and it starts to change him. It's a, it's a turning point in his life. And I think for us as well, when we, when we have encounters with God, there are moments of turning, there are moments of changes, there are moments where God is taking us into something new. I, was, uh, I remember talking to a, a Turkish minister, uh, missionary, and he was uh, working in America, but he was also had a church plant in Turkey. And he was originally a Muslim, and he was uh, very devout, passionate, he hated everything about the West, everything that it stood for, the, 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 the way that Western ideology, because he was very devout as a Muslim, and he was very passionate about his, his faith then. And, he, and we were obviously interested in saying, you know, how come now you're a missionary? How come now you, you're, you're in the gospel? How, come, how do you know God now? And so he shared to us that it wasn't an easy route. It took several encounters. And he said up to almost seven, up to nine encounters with God. But I, I, I wanted to understand that. What, did, what do you mean by an encounter with God? Seven or nine of them. I mean, one encounter with God. You see Saul turn into Paul and becomes a missionary. How, why for you? And he says, well, well, each encounter was different. My first encounter was with a Christian family. They took me to a meal. My second encounter was a, a track someone put in my hand. My third encounter was reading the Bible. And so on and so on. Each encounter being different. But he said, but there was a moment where I was struggling and I was battling and saying, I, 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 that's it, I, you know, I can't deny this. And he had, a, we could say, a supernatural encounter with God as well. But he said every other encounter was important. The track, the prayer, the Christian family taking me to eat, the, the friends that I talked with that were Christian, all of those small encounters led to this big moment of, of, of change. And so I see this in, in Abraham's life as well. He has these encounters with God. God says to him, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And, every, you, know, I will make your, you know, and in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And those who curse you will be cursed. These encounters with God, taking him closer into a relationship. These are moments of walking in faith, listening to God. And maybe, it's, it, you know, sometimes just taking those small steps, doing those small actions, just saying, okay, God, what's the next thing you want me to do? You know, we, we want to grow. It's not a, it's not, like we say, it's not a, a sprint, but a marathon. We're understanding that it takes time. And some of the, you know, as we grow, it's, it, it's a process. So I, I, Abraham had to understand it. God was calling him, and he was taken. And he wasn't perfect. I mean, we see in his life, he lied, and he was sometimes insecure. But one thing we can say about Abraham, he obeyed. When God said to do something, he would do it. He would step out and just take action. Faith is believing God's power to fulfill his promises. That's what Abraham ha had to do, and he, he was going to be tested in these things, as we're going to see. He was challenged by, by what God was going to say to him. He was leaving the stability, leaving the security, leaving what he had known. And I, I see that in some of our families and friends here in the church, families that we know that they left everything from one nation to another, where, where everything was secure and, and everything maybe you knew. You, you know, you have that security. But as Christians, we also have to understand, like Peter says in his first letter, we are strangers in this earth. This isn't really our home. And this is, we're just, you know, we're just walking by through here. We may be given 60, 80, 90, or 120 years, as some people say to me. I'm going to live to 120. My wife, just in case. <laughs> She's always saying that to me. And we, we're, but we're, we're strangers on this earth. We're just, it's, it's, a, it's a time, but we obviously influence, bless, speak faith into the place that we're in. But at the same time, we know we, we can not hold on to anything here. The Word of God says we came in empty to this earth, and we will leave empty. The, the only things we take 
are the things that we have done for God and for His glory, for His kingdom. The souls that we've preached to, the gifts that He's placed in us, the maturity in Christ, the rewards that Paul would say in Scripture. So leaving, he stepped out, believing God, reaching his God-given destiny. And faith is holding on to God's promises in our heart, knowing, okay, Lord, this is it. And I, I remember, you know, when, you, when you're young and you're new in your faith or when you're starting out in your faith, you hear God, you get that promise. I'm going to use you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to speak. And you, you're passionate. That, that's that fire. And, and, the, and the important thing is to continue to hold on to that promise. Repeat it. Speak to it. That's how you mature when you get that prophetic word. Sometimes it can be very simple prophetic words. I'm going to use you. I'm, gonna, I'm with you. It may not seem right. Sometimes we're, we're waiting for the, the big, dramatic, prophetic word, thus says the Lord. I will open the doors and I will prosper you. And, you know, we, we kind of want, want that kind of mystic, mystical kind of thing. But sometimes God just an impression in our hearts. Do not fear. And learning to hold on to even a small prophetic word in our hearts and just holding on to it and understanding, actually, I've just received a word from my Father. He's with me. I am secure. I am accepted. I am loved. I am significant. And just holding on to that helps us to continue to grow and walk in faith. It, it helps us in understanding that. And I think that's another thing that I see in Abraham's life. Because remember, he's, he's going to be called a father of multitudes, a father of nations. And it takes a father to encounter another father, the heavenly father to reveal to an earthly father his heart, his promise, his vision, his mission to him. This excites me because I, th I think, God, I want that encounter with the heavenly father more. I want to understand what it is to walk by faith like Abraham, walk by faith like these men and women who were in a different land, were, were out of their context, they were out of their comfort zone, and yet they trusted you, and they saw something of a heavenly Father, and they revealed it. It takes me on to the, to the next point, that walking with God takes us into these new places. And I see that in the life of Abraham. See him as a father of a nation that will bless nations, and it says he was looking forward. I like how the verse in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 10, he wasn't just looking at at, at where he was, and he wasn't looking at the past. I like how someone said to us here in City Temple, I don't remember who it was, she said, because we were asking, because she actually knew when City Temple was filled up in the morning service when, the, when there was a, a move of God happening here, I don't know if it was in the 60s or 50s, and the temple was filled up, and we just asked her, we asked her, just share a little bit, why? Because we really wanted to catch a bit of that fire to ignite us as well my wife and I, so we asked her, and she said to us really quick and just like, no, I don't think about the past. We need to talk about the future. I go, okay. But actually, isn't Abraham like that? He says, you know, I'm looking forward. He was looking forward to what God, the designer and the builder, he was looking forward to what God was going to do. That's so important for us here, to see what God is going to do in this place to see what God is going to do with our nation, to see what God is going to do with our family, to see what God is going to do in the nations. We've got to look forward. Tell the person next to you, we've got to look forward. Come on, let's interact a little bit. We've got to look forward. It's good to, to say hi to the person next to you. We've got to look forward. Abraham looked forward. He was looking at to what God was going to do. And I know, you know, sometimes we're saying, no, we've got, we've got to go back to the Garden of Eden. We've got to go back to what God... No, actually, God is interested in cities. God is interested in going forward. Oh, we've got to go to the book of Acts. We've got to return to, 
to the book of Acts of chapter 2. No, actually, we've got to be mature, grow, become more developed in Christ. Faith is looking forward. It's, it's into the new place. And, and it's interesting because God, almost in a way, if, if we could have this conversation and just kind of put it, Abraham, I know who you can become. I know what's inside of you. And I need to take you out of your family so you can see who I am inside of you. So you can see what your potential is, what everything that you're able to do. And that's what God does with Abraham. He puts him in a different place and he deals with him. We do not know what we're capable of doing until we reach a place where we're totally depending on God, completely surrendered to him. And we see that in Abraham, each encounter bringing him closer to God. And there's a moment of testing where God says, I want you to give me your son. Now, remember that the Old Testament is a shadow of what we're going to see in the New Testament. It's a shadow of Christ and his work. It's a shadow of what it means in the redemption that we receive in Christ Jesus, that we see these shadows in Moses, we see these shadows in Esther, we see these shadows in David, we see these shadows in Abraham. The, 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 the fullness is Christ. We know, because obviously we, we've read the scriptures, that one day Jesus is going to be born of a virgin. He's going to teach, he's going to preach, he's going to grow, but he's going to die on a cross, taking the sin of all humanity, taking the sin of all to redeem us and to save us. And that image is clear in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, they only had shadows of these images. And yet the scripture says that Abraham knew the gospel, that God had preached it to him. Abraham has this shadow. There's a moment where Abraham is giving Isaac up, his only son. Remember, Abraham and Sarah were old in age. They were unable to, give ch to have children. And God says to him, give me your one and only son. And Abraham doesn't argue with God. You don't see him having this debate, this intercession. You don't see him saying, well, God, that's not fair. He's my only one. You know, I, I can give you some goats. I can give you some, some sheep. No, it, it doesn't even, he just obeys. A man of faith, he says. And it's interesting, when he talks to his servants, he says, me and the boy are going to worship God and we will return. And there's that part, we that he had an understanding. He was in the shadow of the cross. He was in the shadow of seeing a resurrection. He was in the shadow of, I know that this heavenly Father will one day give his heavenly Son. And here I am in the shadow, an earthly Father giving my earthly Son. And I know God is the God of miracles, that he can even resurrect the dead, that there's nothing impossible for him. So what I'm seeing in the future, I'm now doing here in the present, in my life. That is living in the shadow of the cross. That's a powerful image. When I saw that in the scripture, and I was saying, Lord, this man understood the heart of the Father. That is why we can also say he's the Father of nations, the Father, the Father of the faith. I remember growing up in Sunday schools, and we would sing, Father Abraham has many children, many children, Father Abraham. It's like some of you have grew up in Sunday school. Those of you who didn't, you missed such an amazing part of growing up in church. <laughs> it is an interesting experience. But, that, you know, you grow up with that, knowing that he's a father. He has that image. He sees that. And he trusts God. And God sees. I've, it's almost like God imprinting inside of Abraham's heart. This is my, my heart in you, Abraham. This is why I chose you. This is the potential. Because I want you to father nations. And, it, and it's something in our heart. And I think, as a church, we we're also called to that. Fathering and helping, discipling nations helping those families, having that heart. We need that encounter. We need to, not, and, and the, we don't live in the shadow of the cross. We now live in the other side. They didn't quite 
get the image. They were looking into the future. We now look at, at it as, a, as our foundation, and we grow from there. That we know that we've been redeemed, saved, that we are a royal priesthood, chosen people, separated unto God, that we are now His chosen children, that we are co-heirs with Christ, seated in heavenly places. We have this new identity. It, it places us in a different place in Christ Jesus. In, 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 in the, the Old Testament, they looked forward to our day. They looked forward to what we would have. So we're not in that shadow. We're now part of it. And we, we have that revelation. We say the revelation of the cross. We know that he's a good father. That he's a good father. And that takes me to the next point. And walking with God teaches us to help others. Again, I told you all these immigrants, the refugees, and these guys who... Esther, Daniel, Moses, Joseph, they weren't in it for themselves. They weren't just thinking, okay, I've got it comfy here. I'm now in a good place. They're thinking, how do I help others? How do I build up my community? How do I serve those that are, are around me? When I was looking at Isaiah chapter 56, I was remembering the, the, the justice and righteousness that God desires. He says, to help the eunuch. I like how some translations say, to help the, those who have been um, disfigured, or those who have been damaged and hurt, those who have been afflicted, helping those who are, he said, not of the nation, of the people of God. And God, and, they, and, they made, and there was this fear, they said, well, I'm not an Israelite, I can't, you know, I'll never be fruitful like the, the people of God, or I'm, I'm not part of it. And then God gives this promise to them in, in Isaiah 56, he says to them, in the verse that it says, um, verse 7, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings. This is talking about those who weren't of Israel and their sacrifice will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples, for all nations. We call it a house of prayer. And Jesus uses this text when he gets angry when they're, when they're desecrating the temple and he says, my house is supposed to be a house for prayer for the nations. Quoting this text, speaking about what? That the, those who were not of the, of, of the people of Israel, those who were the outcasts, those who were outside, the, the Gentile, were now going to be part of it and pray and intercede and be able to speak and to pray and to worship God, to be part of the holy mountain. All of us here are Gentiles, really, and, and God has put us in, his, in here through Christ Jesus. So it says about taking care of them, doing good to them, bringing them to the family, in the temple and, and, and looking at it, and the Father looks at the outcast. It makes me, and, and even in the New Testament, Jesus kind of flips this around a little bit to the, to the Jews. And he gives them a parable of the Good Samaritan. And all of us have preached or heard Sunday school or grown up, grown up with the Sermon on the Good Samaritan. But the thing that the Good Samaritan was it, was, it was Jesus saying to the Jews, shaming them, look, this foreigner who wasn't of the people of God, knew how to do the law, the heart of the law, the one which you could not understand. He took care of the broken, the needy, the hurt. And he was almost shaming them. You, you, you become so religious and just keep him within your circle. And instead of serving them those that they need, you're missing the point of the gospel. And this brings me to this, this concluding part here. And Abraham. And Abraham also helping those who weren't of his people. In, in, in Genesis chapter 20, we don't have to go to that text, you can read it afterwards, but there's a, there's a story where Abimelech, from another nation, another people group, takes Sarah, his wife, and then 
he says to God, out of the Abimelech says, out of the integrity of my heart, Lord, I did not know that this woman was Abraham's wife. He told me he was his sister. That's why I took her. And God forgives him, and he, and he says to Abraham, Abraham, go and pray for Abimelech for healing. So, because they had all become sterile, all the stock, the families, everything had stopped multiplying and growing. Abraham had not yet had his son Isaac. Understand this. Abraham had not yet had his physical son, yet God says to Abraham, Abraham, I need you to pray for healing on Abimelech's family so they can be healed and they can be fruitful. That must be hard for him. God, you're asking me to pray for someone who's not of the people, not, not of the promise, not of the chosen nation, and yet pray for healing for him to, to have kids? I even haven't, I haven't, have not even got mine. This is Genesis chapter 20. And yet it says in the scripture that Abraham prayed for him, interceded for him, and that Abimelech and all of his family uh, became fruitful. Chapter 21, Lot comes in. Sometimes we have to pray for others, yet not having yet our miracle, not yet seeing our promise, not yet seeing what God fully has promised to do, and bless others and increase and make them grow because that's the heart of a father. A heart of a father doesn't just think it's about me, about my kingdom, about who I am. It's a, how my children, how I can bless others, how can I lift up others in Christ? How many say amen? Amen, amen. My Pentecostal side coming out. <laughs> and so... I, I leave you with these thoughts. We are to walk with God in faith. We are to, to remember the second point, we are to go walk with God into the new places. And we are also to walk with God to, to help others, to teach others, to serve others. Let us stand in prayer as, as we um, finish. And ask for the worship team, please, to come forward. I would like to also pray for healing. I'd like to... And I did get one word of knowledge uh, as I was praying and interceding for this service. And it's the right, I'm going to get it right. I want to get that word of knowledge right. The right shoulder cuff pain. That was the word that God gave to me. But before we pray for that healing, I just want you to, close your eyes, and I want you to pray with me. I want us to ask God to encounter us in this place, that we see the Father's heart and that it be imprinted in our hearts as well, that we be transformed, renewed in our lives. Is there where you are, just as you lift your hands to us, as the Lord leads you. Father, we are grateful, Lord, for what you've done. We're grateful for the word, Lord. We're grateful for the promises, Lord. We're grateful for what we see in the life of Abraham, Lord. But we ask you today, Lord, also we want to encounter you. We want to know your Father heart. We want to know your kingdom. We want to know your will and your purpose in our lives, Lord. You called him out, Lord, of, of a dark place. You called him out to be a father of, of a nation, Lord, of nations. And that through him, nations will, will be blessed. You called us, Lord, Father, to go and serve and to, in, into new places, Lord. You've called us, Lord, Father, to serve and help those that are in need. So today, Lord, we pray for these things, Lord. We ask you that you help us walk and grow and mature and be a fruitful tree. Lord, that we bless others, that we encourage others, Lord, that our faith, Lord, be moments of encounter with other people, with those of different religions, those of different cultures and communities, Lord. So there, Lord, we ask for your, your healing touch, that you pour out your spirit. Just begin today with your words to begin to thank him. 
We thank you, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the, for the promises and the blessings, Lord. And if you've called us, you've promised and blessed us so that we can bless others, Lord. That we can declare your word, that your kingdom be upon the lives of other people, Lord. We pray that in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that the nations come together, Lord. That here, Lord, we will see people from, from all parts of the world, Lord, come and, and encounter you because this is a place, this is a house of prayer for the nations. That there will be revelation and encounters with the living God in this place. That they will hear your voice. That they will know that you're the truth, the life, and the way. That you love them, Lord Father. That you sent your Son and died on the cross for them so that they may be redeemed and saved, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. We give you glory and honor. We praise you and glorify you. If you have any physical pain in your body, if there's anything that you need prayer for, I ask that you put your hand in that area if it's possible as an act of faith. Maybe it's that right shoulder. Maybe it's a knee. Whatever, whatever you need. As, or if it's something... To, uh, wherever you feel comfortable putting your hand, just as a moment of contact, this is one way that we pray. And we pray in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Your desire is to see your people healed. We pray right now and we declare <clears throat> your kingdom come, your will be done. We, we rebuke every sickness, every damage, every cell that is out of place, every nerve, muscle, tendon, bones. We command organs, everything to be placed in right, Lord. We declare your healing touch. More Holy Spirit, bring your healing touch upon their bodies right now. Take away every, everything that's damaging muscles, nerves, and tendons. Lord, any, any uh, migraines or headaches, and also depression, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of loneliness, of, of anxiety and fear, we come against it in the name of Jesus. And we pray, Lord, for your healing, your touch upon them, Lord. We ask for your kingdom, Lord Father, your, your, your healing touch right now in the name of Jesus. More, Lord, we thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you, you are teaching us to walk in faith. And we thank you, Lord, that you take us to new places to be a blessing. And Lord, I thank you that you empower me to help others. Lord, I thank you that you use my gifts, my talents, to serve and bless this nation. Father, I give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. As we